Welcome to the Twinkle Trainee Teachers and ECTs podcast. My name's Simeon. I was a primary teacher for eight years. I taught in year one, two, and year three, four. I was maths lead and RE lead. And the absolute favorite thing in my career for me was being a student teacher mentor and helping trainee teachers begin their career on the right foot. And hello, my name is Ashley. I am also a former primary school teacher. I used to work predominantly in Key Stage 2 in Year 4 and Year 5, but I have experience in Key Stage 1 as well. And I have also been a one-to-one LSA with working with different children um, with a variety of needs. And I'm just here to try and help you feel confident going into that classroom. Today's show is going to be for those trainee teachers beginning their first placement in schools. We're going to be advising you on what you can do to prepare beforehand, what you can expect from the school, what the school can expect from you, and we'll finish with some of our top tips to help you go into the classroom feeling confident. But before we start and get straight into the episode, we just want to let you know of different ways that you can get in contact with us. If you have any questions on the podcast or you have any ideas for themes of future podcasts, please don't hesitate to get in touch with us. You can find us on lots of social media accounts. We are on Facebook at Twinkle Trainee Teachers and also Twinkle ECTs and NQTs. We have two community groups on Facebook too, which are Twinkle Trainee Teachers teachers group and twinkle ect and nqt support group we are on instagram at twinkle trainee teachers we're on tiktok at twinkle trainee teachers and we are on twitter at trainee twinkle and this podcast is going out onto all podcasting platforms such as spotify and apple music Okay, thank you, Ashley. So before we begin today, I'd just like to celebrate a milestone. I think it's really good to celebrate milestones when you hit them. In fact, that might be my first tip for trainee teachers (laughs) today. Uh, So we have hit 4,000 downloads on our podcast, uh, which we're really pleased with. Massive, massively. Yeah. It's really nice to know that people are listening and we hope you find this podcast helpful. If you ever do have any questions or comments or feedback for us, please do get in touch on any of the social channels that Ashley mentioned earlier. I won't make you mention them all again. Um, So shall we kick off? Um, We're going to try and keep this one to 20 minutes if we can. We'll see how we go. Uh, But we're going to start with what you could do to prepare before your first placement. Yes. So hopefully if you are in university at the moment, you might start getting information on your first placement school or you might already be on your placements. And lots of you start at different times in the year. Um, But the first and I think one of the most important ones for me in preparing for your first placement is to take a practice journey to the school that you are going to. I know on my first placement, I had to get a bus and a train and do a bit of a walk to my placement because it was in the countryside and and there weren't that many transport links I didn't drive. Um, So I needed to plot out that route to check my timings, to check the platforms that I was going on to at the train station and just know how long it would generally take me. Um, I did that at the time that I would normally be doing it too, just so I could check how busy it was and different things like that. So if you can get a practice journey in, I definitely would. That's a really good tip. I I drove, so I thought I'd be fine, but I discovered that 
my school, which was also a country primary, did not appear on the sat-nav, and there was an unofficial one-way system that had been put into place to stop backups on the road. So I found that one out the hard way. Yeah, you can also find as well with um, inner city schools and different things like that, they might not actually have a designated car park um, for your car for staff parking. Um, So you just want to check that before you go on the day, just so you know side streets and different things that where there are double yellows, where there aren't, where you can safely park your car. Okay, I would advise before you go into school, it's always a good idea to have a look at their website. Um, Things you might want to pay attention to, especially are their ethos, anything that makes them stand out? For example, do they do forest schools? Do they have a particular way of approaching things? You might also, if you have time, want to look at their most recent Ofsted report. You don't need to read the whole thing, but if you read the front page, that would give you a good idea of what the school's priorities are might be yeah and i would also say having a look on the website you can normally see a class list now this obviously isn't going to list any children's names but you will be able to see how many classes there are per year as we normally call these forms so you might have if there's one class per year it's a one form entry school two two and it's something like that um, but it just gives you an idea if you are going to have a year partner as that can affect planning responsibilities and different things like that so i would be checking that out as well if you can. Also, I'd say if possible, you want to find out the head teacher's name and mm-hmm. your mentor's name. Really mm-hmm. important. Um, quite often, the head teacher they'll want to talk to you anyway, but they might also be the designated safeguarding lead. So you'll end up having a long talk with them when you come in about safeguarding, if that's the case. Mm-hmm. And if you do have any contact details for your mentor, if they might email you or the university giving you sort of contact details, you might want to send an email um, to your mentor just as like a little bit of an introduction, just to say who you are and ask if there is anything that they require from you on the first day. But also just save those contact details. If you've been given an email and a phone number and you prefer to email them, still save that phone number just in case. Just make sure you've got them on hand if you ever need to contact your mentor in any way. Yep. And the school office's phone number would be a good one to have in your contacts. Um, One year I had two trainees and they both, it must have been a university thing because I can't believe they would have both done it by coincidence. They both sent me an A4 page just that was about them before they started. And that was really, really useful. I'm not saying you have to do a whole page, but just a a quick email or something to give your mentor an idea about you is really helpful. And it, it made me feel calmer and much better about having two at the same time. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I've I've never known that, but that sounds really nice. Okay. So shall we move on to what to expect when you actually go into the school? Mm -hmm. So on your first day, you will walk into the office. You'll probably be very nervous and you'll introduce yourself and you will probably have to sit down and wait for a couple of minutes. And then your mentor will hopefully come and sort of almost collect you um, and take you to the class that you will will be working in um, and different things like that. So it's really good to try and get off to a good start with your mentor, be personable, um, you know, have a little bit of a chat with them if you can, because this is someone that you are going to be working very closely with and they are going to be the person that is going to be doing your formal and informal observations. So if you can get off to a good start in your relationship with them, that would be a really good move to make. And also make sure you're pleasant with the office staff and you may meet the head teacher before anyone else and they, you may need to do your safeguarding chat 
before you go into the school. It will depend on the school and how they do things. Yeah. So normally what will happen in the first week is you will be getting used to the environment and the school that you are in. And this is usually shown in your timetable because you will be given a timetable that shows the progression of the percentage of teaching that you will be doing. So you might start off um, just observing for the first week like I did. um, And then the second week you might have, you do 10% of the teaching or 20%. And then it slowly increases as you go through. And obviously, then by the end of your second placement, I think it's up to 80% that you teach as that is taken in PPA as well, which is pretty much teaching full time. You don't need to worry about that at the start of your first placement. So try and put that out of your mind for now. Uh, What I would say is in the first couple of weeks, you want to be thinking about quick wins and little things you can do to feel more confident. So, for example, learning what schemes of work the school use, what resources are available, getting some time to observe the teacher, starting to learn some names. Don't expect to learn all the names in the class on your first day. You know, maybe set yourself a table a day or something manageable so you can feel confident by the end of the week that you've got a fairly good idea of who's in the class. Yeah. And especially in that first week where you are observing, like um, Simeon just said, try and get yourself involved with the class, working in small groups, reading stories to the children, getting to know them, like Simeon's just said. But once the teacher has sort of set the work, ask what they want you to do as the teacher. They might want you to work with a specific group or they might just want you to float around the room and see if anyone needs any help. But try and really jump into those as it's going to help you in the long term once you are trying to teach the class that you've already got a little bit of a, a friendly and professional relationship with those children. Yeah. And I would just offer to help with anything, you know, mm-hmm. um, cleaning the paint pots at the end of the day, whatever it is, helping the children get their coats on for the end of the day. If you're working with younger children, that kind of thing really goes a long way in building relationships with your teacher and mentor and with your class. Yeah. And try and get involved in every routine as well, because once it becomes your responsibility, there'll be a little bit more pressure. So whilst you're um, supported by a mentor or they're in charge of that situation, try and see how much you can get involved with it, such as sending the children home at the end of the day, just to see how that routine plays out. How does the class teacher do that? Do the children all line up outside the classroom and they have to, you know, the parent has to come over or do they just let the children shout that there's my mum and they go? It's those little routines that are different in different schools um, and things like walking to assembly. How does the teacher do that? How do they like the children to stand? All of those little things, keep your eye on them. Try and see if you can get involved in it just so when it comes around to your turn, you know what you're doing and you're not worried about it. I would uh, keep a notebook on hand. That will be your best friend because you can note down any small things you see that the teacher does that you want to magpie later. I would also say I I wouldn't expect trainees to have to go to a staff meeting in the first week, but it might be nice to offer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when it comes down to the actual formality of your first placement, there are a few things that you should be expecting. So whenever you are in front of the class teaching, you should be getting a little bit of informal feedback from your mentor, things that have gone well, things that haven't gone well, things that you can work on, areas for improvement. 
but you will organize with your mentor and you will both know which lesson or activity of that week is going to be your formal assessment. So that should be planned in the planning period of the week before and you know exactly when you're going to be observed. You will then teach your lesson and the in your mentor during that lesson will be making notes either on whichever university you go to will normally have a pro forma, which is against the teaching standards. Your mentor will write notes again, your strengths, your weak, your areas for improvement. And then you will have a debrief at the end of that lesson or at the next opportunity that you both can sit down and that you will talk through it. And then that pro forma, that formal observation will go into your evidence folder and you need to keep those so you can have a weekly record of your improvements. And you will usually be given, I say usually, you will always be given something to work on Again, it will be related to the teacher's standards and that's just something mentors have to do. I remember there were a few occasions where it was a really good lesson and there wasn't a lot to work on, but I still had to come up with something. Yeah. Yeah. So don't get disheartened if you do have areas for improvement. Um, You should always have them. Yeah. And I'd say also... Don't get disheartened. I know sometimes there's outstanding boxes and that kind of thing. You're not shooting for outstanding as a trainee. That's really something you might be thinking about in the first couple of years. I know some trainees do hit that and um, some trainees get very competitive about it, but that, that really shouldn't be your focus in my opinion. No, no. Just focus on yourself and see those improvements on a weekly basis. Absolutely. So, Ashley, should we talk about what the school might expect from a trainee? Yes. So the first one for me is, and this is something that your university makes you aware of, um, and you actually have to show evidence that you've read them, is to adhere to the policies of the school. So that could be dress code policies, code of conduct, social media policies, behaviour management policies, safeguarding policies, whatever policies that school has, you need to make sure that you've read them and that you are adhering to them. And if you have any questions, obviously speak to your mentor. If you need to be checking that you're doing the right thing, it is always best to ask questions and to check, but you need to be making sure that you are upholding the professional standard that that school sets at all times you're at the school. I would say also to be professional and polite at all times. So you really have to go into it with a mindset of this is a work environment and that's how I'm going to behave towards students, other teachers, the senior leadership team and parents as well. Uh, you also want to be looking the part and dressing professionally and you'll, you'll figure out in the first couple of days what the dress code is. A school might even have an explicit dress code for staff. My school was more just smart casual is fine. Yeah. And you might also find Obviously, in your first placement, it's going to be a winter placement, so most people are going to be wrapped up warm. But when it gets to your second placement in the summer, they might actually have a summer dress code policy just so that you know staff are still having to adhere to different things. I know that in one school that I went to, you could pretty much wear summer clothes, but you couldn't have any of those spaghetti straps on a vest top. And it was just little things like that that if you hadn't read the policy, you weren't explicitly told unless you walked in in something that was inappropriate. 
And I would always have in mind that this school could potentially advertise a job later in the year and you could be interviewing for that job. So that's a really good thing to keep in mind. In fact, that's how I got my first job. I got my first job at my placement school. Um, so I Same. would bear that in mind from day one. Yeah, I had my, my second placement was my um, NQT then, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. It happens. <laughs> it does happen. um, so, Ashley, Ashley, you mentioned gathering evidence, mm. and um, that can, that can be a bit of a, a thing, a bit of a bugbear. I would stay on top of it. Do yes. little and often. So. Uh, photos are great, but sometimes, depending on the university, you'll need to cover up the children's faces or, mm-hmm. or blank them out or whatever. Uh, examples of children's work, photocopied are fantastic. You can nip out and do that between lessons and just date them and get them in mm-hmm. your folder. I, th- I think as long as you're getting things in with dates in your folder, you can always have a reshuffle later. It's, it's when it's not being done or it's not being dated, that then it becomes really difficult later to catch up. Yeah, so actually over on Facebook, I'm going to do a plug. We did a live on it on the 22nd. Um, So if you want to go and watch that, then please do, because it is just on collecting evidence. So if you are worried about that aspect, please don't. We're going to cover everything in that Facebook live. Um, But yeah, my top tip, and some people did it this way, I did, some people didn't is I made sure that I had um, folder separators in my folder just to the teaching standards. So I knew that I could be nice and organized um, just so that when something came up, um, for example, um, wider school, I would make sure that I knew exactly where that went in the folder and I could retrieve that straight away. You can't get too much evidence, um, but you don't want to go too far. So it is a case of, and I also changed my evidence quite regularly um so if i had better quality evidence so for example on my first placement i ended up actually going on a residential trip that i wasn't aware of that i was going to um until a couple of weeks beforehand and obviously i'd had um evidence in my folder for wider school life previously and obviously that residential trip was a really high quality piece of evidence for that teaching standard so i swapped the um, other evidence out um obviously making sure that i had a wide variety in there um but you just want to be covering all bases and you just want to be showing off if you take it as an example of how you can show off all of the things that you've done all the things that you're proud of just make sure like Cillian said it's not got faces in there and it's not got names so if you are photocopying work and the children have written their name on it just make sure that's not in there um just for gdpr reasons oh right now A serious one, slightly serious one. I mentioned before that you are now in a professional work environment, and that means for teachers that our behaviour is scrutinised at work and outside of work. So you really want to, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows this already, you really want to make sure your social media is as you would want it to be if a parent stumbled upon it. And your behaviour on any nights out or any 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 time you're outside of school will reflect well on the school. That is just part of the role. Yes, I mean, and a, and a useful tip for that on social media, you might want to change your name. I know certain people who put their middle name as their surname. I know some people that did their surname but put it backwards. Just 
little things that just meant that they could still have their own social media presence of what they wanted, but it isn't easily accessible from parents, from children, and make sure that your privacy settings are set to the strictest level. Um, and just try and you know save yourself that hassle and keep yourself safe. Yeah, and I'd say it works both ways. Um, it's it's going to protect you from unwanted scrutiny and also it's going to protect parents in a way from having the illusion shattered. You know, the, mm. the vision of you as a teacher is not you as a complete person, but what parents really want to see is you as a teacher. Yes, but we do know that we all have lives outside and there are certain things about your life that you might want to keep private. Um, so it's just to protect, yeah, like Sian said, it's just to protect yourself. It's just being quite sensible in that. And I would be changing your name whilst you're on placement because children are very tech savvy, savvy now. Parents can be nosy sometimes. You might just try and see if they can find you. Just do it straight away so you know that you're safe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I would say this year, your training year where you're applying for jobs, it's probably the year you'll have the highest level of scrutiny on you. Yeah. Um, right. Ooh. Oh, there, I, there was one more thing I wanted to say before we moved on. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Now, I've had this several times. Other teachers will also want to meet you and you're going to be very busy doing all the things you need to do in class, but try and make some time to go in the staff room and chat to the other staff and get to know them a little bit too. I, I remember one year the staff actually told me they felt a bit left out because they'd not got to talk to my trainee because they were so busy. I, was, I had to kind of make them stop and go in the staff room for a chat. That's... that's it's it's lovely, isn't it? I mean, because that's one of the things that you're probably worried about as a trainee. You're going into a new new job, essentially, a new school. You know, you don't know if you're going to get on with everyone or you don't know if people are going to be busy. But, obviously, but honestly, everyone is a little bit curious about who the trainee is coming in. You might have a school that has quite a few trainees and it's quite regular, but still they like to get to know you. Or you might be, when I did my first placement, I was the first trainee for about three years. So it was a really big thing to have a trainee in the school and everyone wanted to speak to me. And it was fantastic. I was in year six and I was having like the reception teachers wanting to speak to me as well. And it was quite a distance to walk to different classes. But you try and make the time. It honestly makes your time in the school a lot nicer, knowing everyone's names, having a little bit of a chat and feeling like you can talk to different people as well as your mentor. And as we said, they may be your future colleagues. We don't exactly. know. Yeah. Okay, we're already over time, Ashley, but I knew we'd go over time. Shall we <laughs> finish with some tips? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so we'll end this podcast with our top tips for success on your placements. So my first one is to talk to your mentor and try and get that relationship established as quickly as you can to try and have someone that you can go to for any and all of your questions and someone who you feel comfortable with. They are also brilliant for finding out all of the different routines and the different expectations of you. And it's just great if you can start on a good footing with your mentor as it just sets up your placement for success. Yeah, you want a relationship where you can be open and honest 
in the case that there might be something difficult to discuss, which sometimes does happen, and it's nothing to do with teaching. You might have personal circumstances mm-hmm. that affect things, and you need to be able to talk to them about that. Uh, so my top tip is to set yourself realistic goals. Don't put a load of pressure on yourself to be the finished article right away, and be reflective when things don't go as you would like. Uh, being reflective is one of my favorite things in teaching because you can always improve in teaching and you do so much in a day, something will probably not go your way, um, even if you're very experienced, that happened to me all the time. But if you're reflective and you're learning from it, that's okay. It means you'll get better. Yeah. Another one for me is to form friendships with other trainees. So that might be other trainees that are in the same school, as that sometimes happens, or those trainees that you are at university with at the moment, or some that you might find from community groups on different social media accounts. But try and find and build friendships with those who are in similar situations to you, as we're all human. And sometimes if you've had a bad day, you just need to vent to someone or to talk to someone that is in the same situation that understands where you're coming from. Because as much as it's brilliant to build relationships with the other teachers you are a trainee it is different you are learning it's a lot to take on and sometimes you just need someone to be in your corner that understands exactly what you're going through absolutely and that leads on to my tip which is be careful who you vent to be careful what you say (laughs) and who you say it to because schools can be places where gossip happens and it will usually get back to the person. So I wouldn't take that chance. No, I wouldn't be gossiping or moaning in the staff room where there are other people that can hear. Try and keep things private. If you need to be speaking to your mentor about any situation, ask to have a conversation um, with them. When I was talking about friendships, I'm more talking about outside of work and having that, oh, I'm really tired conversation. I've got so much work on conversation. Um, But yeah, try and keep your conversations professional in the school building. Another tip is to actually go out and ask for advice from other teachers and mentors. Quite often, I know that teachers really, really want to give their advice, but they also want to be asked for it. They don't want to feel like they're foisting their advice off on someone who doesn't want it. And if you've got a really experienced teacher in your school, even if they're not your mentor, it would be a very good idea to ask them for some tips. And I bet you they'd be happy to share them with you. They might even offer to let you observe them if you're lucky. Yeah. And that was going to be my final tip um, is to try and get as many many observations in as you can, especially on that first placement where you're trying to find out what type of teacher you are. Your mentor will be a fantastic teacher, I'm sure, but they will have a certain style that might suit you down to a T. It might be slightly different than how you naturally teach. So by going and observing different teachers, as much as you can and your timetable will allow, will allow you to see a breadth of different styles and how teachers approach different things and also observe different lessons and different key stages and try and just to get as much knowledge as you can. And when you are observing, make notes. It's very easy to sit there and think, I'm going to remember this. Then you're going back into the class or it's lunchtime and you forget. So if you're going to observe take in paper or one of those pro formers where you can write down everything that you can see and things that you love. 
And if you're not sure what to look for, we do actually have an observing teaching tutorial, which is free on the trainee teachers page on our website. Um, thank you so much for listening, everyone. I hope that's been helpful and we wish you the very best of luck on your placements. We know you're going to smash it, but if you need any help, we are here for you. So do reach out to us. Yes, and I will go over those social media accounts again, just so you can remember how you can get in contact with us. So we are on Facebook. We have two pages, which are the Twinkle Training Teachers and the Twinkle ECTs and NQTs. We have two community groups where you can find those trainee friends that you might want to, to get to know. And they are the Twinkle Training Teachers Group or the Twinkle ECT and NQT Support Group. We're on Instagram at Twinkle Training Teachers. We're on TikTok at Twinkle Training Teachers. We are on Twitter at Training Twinkle. And this podcast is going out onto all podcast platforms such as Spotify and Apple Music. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye.